Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts with chapter 8, verses 6 through 24. We return to Samaria with Philip, Simon, Peter, and John with lessons that show us again that doctrine is important. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Glory and Gaul in Samaria. We don't use the word Gaul much anymore. If you spell it G-A-U-L, it's an old name for what's now France, or part of France anyway, G-A-L-L. Its literal meaning is the contents of the gallbladder, also known as bile. That's the fluid secreted by your liver. It's stored in your gallbladder, and it's used in the process of digesting your food. It's gross. Okay? When in 1 Corinthians it talks about the, the unseemly parts of the body, this is it. The parts that are covered up, and it's good they're covered up, and you want to keep them covered up. And you just want them to work right and not call attention to themselves. You never see somebody and say, oh man, look at that gallbladder. <laughs> Woo! Now the metaphorical meaning, the proverbial meaning of the word bile or gall is based on the bitterness of that stuff. Uh, So the word is used in a metaphorical way for bold, impudent behavior. It's perfect. And Peter used it in this passage. That's why I did. The contrast is between the glory of the salvation of many who believe and the tragic example of Simon the phony. His gall is going to unmask his true spiritual state. Now, we already saw that Simon was full of himself, and he was just fine with that. It didn't bother him if somebody thought he was the great power of God. If his repentance, if his faith in Christ was genuine, he would have repudiated that. He would have rejected that kind of talk. But you know, we have this tendency to get so excited We say, well, I I talked to this person. Oh, he would make a great Christian. No. Only God makes great Christians. Um, This whole idea of celebrity conversions is always, as I said, problematical. Look at verses 18 and 19. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands. Here comes the first hint. He offered them money, saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. You see, Simon treated Peter and John as if they were fellow magicians driven by a desire for stardom and money and power. He presumed that they and the power of the Holy Spirit were for sale because he was. He wanted power. He wanted fame. He wanted wealth. Well, 
shy, retiring Peter speaks just the same in Samaria as he does in Jerusalem. He didn't mince any words. Look at verse 20. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you. By the way, that means you're perishing. Because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. That's blasphemous blasphemous false doctrine. You have no part or portion in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Therefore, repent of this wickedness of yours and pray the Lord that if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. God's blessings aren't for sale. Salvation is His free gift. The wages, what God owes you, the wages of your sin, it's death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And by the way, don't go thinking that Simon was just a little misguided. He wasn't right before God. He had no part or portion in this salvation. He was on his way to perishing. Gall of bitterness is really vivid language. It is the Greek word for bile, gall, tied with the Greek word for bitterness, and it describes a bitter, harsh, distasteful, disgusting condition. Simon was a wicked man, Peter calls him, in the bondage of iniquity. He was trapped in his own sin. He was bitter that he didn't have the power that he wanted, and his fan base was crumbling, and that just tied him in knots. Proverbs 5.22 says, His own iniquities will capture the wicked, and he will be held with the cords of his sin. That was Simon. Well, his response was cynical. His response was sarcastic. Verse 24, But Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me yourselves, so that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now, he might have been a little bit shaken. He certainly had to be embarrassed if Peter talked to him like that in front of everybody. I assume it was in front of everybody. But Simon refused to ask the Lord for forgiveness. His only concern was, I hope you're wrong about all that bad stuff happening to me. His concern was avoiding the earthly consequences of his sin. Now, go back to the theme. Doctrine matters. Simon had wrong doctrine. He had a wrong view of himself. I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm important. Why, I can wow people. They can be astonished at what I do. That's That's not the right place to be. He had a wrong view of salvation. He had the idea that the gifts of God could be bought. Pay off the right people, you get the blessings. You ever heard of indulgences? Ouch. You ever heard of seed faith? Ouch. He had the wrong view of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a, a, a toy that I need to learn to, to, to work with and, and, and show off my power. He had a wrong view of sin. He had a, no concept of it applying to him. There's no repentance. There was arrogance instead. It's just like Jesus taught in 
several of his parables, like the first one of all of them, the sower and the four kinds of soils, where there are many people who hear the gospel and they have what looks like an initial, they have a very favorable first initial reaction, but it proves not to be genuine faith. There is no fruit. They fall away. They're taken away and burned up in the, in the, in the parable. That initial declaration of faith proves to be nothing more than an emotional response and not saving faith. Now, if you care to see parallels to um, celebrity conversions, you'd be right on. If you see parallels to the word faith preachers, you'd be right on. If you want to see parallels to the New Apostolic Reformation preachers, you would be right on. If you want to see parallels to all of the prosperity gospel preachers, go right ahead. The prosperity gospel works just right for the preachers who preach the phony gospel and they get the prosperity. You would be correct to say all of those things fit. Simon is a tragic example. And his own gall revealed his true spiritual condition. Oh, may there be no Simons among us. May there be only the humble, only the penitent, only the ones who trust in Christ and Christ alone who say, be merciful to me, the sinner. If you've come to that point today of realizing that you have a sin problem that has alienated you from God, oh, do I have good news for you. Same gospel Philip preached, that Stephen preached, that the apostles preached, that Jesus preached. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And everyone who turns to Him will never perish but have eternal life. Let's be part of what brings God glory, shall we? And let's pray. Our Father, again, thank You for the, the riches that are ours in Christ. And Father, we, oh, we, we grieve over the, the condition of a man like Simon. I, I would love to hear that that's not the end of the story, but we know you've included this in your word for our edification, and uh, we pray that we will learn what we should from it. May we always be faithful with the message. May we always be faithful to invite others to come in repentance to this wonderful Savior in whom we stand. Father, please create opportunities among us for uh, the gospel to be spoken in truth and in love. And please bring people to yourself, whether it be in our own homes, in our own version of Judea, in the city, in the county, in the places around us, or even in the remotest parts of the earth through missionaries we support or through places that you would take us. May the gospel go with us and your power be evident to save souls like you've saved ours. Thank you. And we pray that you will give us the wisdom to see with the eyes of faith your hand upon our lives and then use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.